Good afternoon. And we meet again today on a Thursday at four o'clock. This is brought to you by Discover Design from JS Institute of Design and welcome once again. I'm so happy to see all of you. Uh, today we have with us Amardeep Behel. I'm gonna give you an introduction with a lot of details because I think all of you must know the kind of projects that he's done. Very exciting, very deep, and very iconic. Amardeep is, okay, let me in the meanwhile quickly introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. My name is Nancy Ao, and I have been in design education for the last two decades along with design practice. But my interest really is to bring design to all of you. So to help you understand and through design, uh, through Discover Design, we bring to you a lot of experts in all fields. Uh, we have had quite a few webinars earlier and today we have Amardeep with us. He's the founder of the iconic exhibition and museum design company called Design Habit. And he's really made it a habit to uh, look at unparalleled projects in India. Besides that, I also know that he's very interested in um, mentoring students, interns who work with him. But let me quickly go through a lot of projects that he's done. Perhaps many of them must be a few, a few decades ago. Um, but if you are to look it up, I am very sure you'll try to find what it is all about. He's done the Festival of India in the USSR. Uh, the, the exhibition was on Gandhi and Indian Revolution. Uh, he's also worked on Nehru and the Making of Modern India exhibition, which was displayed at Victoria and Albert Museum in London, which was inaugurated by Margaret Thatcher, the late Prime Minister of Great Britain. Besides that, uh, some of his iconic works include the exhibition on the five elements of nature. Um, probably put together under the, uh, under the guidance of Dr. Kapila Vatsayan at IGNCA in 1990-91. And the projects done by Amardeep have been on Akar, Karl on Time and Prakriti. Along with that, of course, there are many iconic projects to talk about. I will leave it to Amardeep to go into details of many of them, including Virasate Khalsa uh, and uh, the, D the DS Group Museum Exhibition. Uh, so let me first go on to, okay. So before I go on to a question, because I immediately want to involve you into what we are doing. But before that, let me remind you once again, that whatever questions you may have on on, the, on this particular session, please feel free to go on to question, question and answer, note it down, and we will take it up after the session is over. In case, just in case we are not able to finish your questions, we will come back to you and revert back to you on mail. Uh, so let's begin with a poll question. Uh, this is what I would like to know from you, your views, and Amardeep is going to help us clarified some of that. So the first poll questions says, muse museums around the world, they offer the visitors following things. Display of artifacts in categories. 
stories and experiences of collections or scholarly archiving of collections. So please feel free to answer what you think is right and let's see what Amar has to say about that. All right. So, yes. so thank you for calling me here. Coming back. Sorry, they're just yes. coming back with the answers and let's see what you think about that. All right. So they, most of them have voted for stories and experiences of collections. Wow. That's really understanding. What do you feel, Amar? It's perfect. It couldn't be better. I'm so glad you think like this. It's really now, this is the change of museums that have to happen. Museums have to become visitor experiences. They have to tell stories, whether with collection or without collection. So it's perfect. What a wonderful answer. Absolutely. We are with the right audience then. I'm wonderful. so glad. <laughs> I think our audience is also really maturing. Um, they have a lot of exposure and they have opinions. And I'm very glad that we are, they are able to share it with us on this session. So uh, should we look at, I just want to ask you, Amar, why do you think museums need to be designed? Why do you feel you should design museums? Maybe we should have a video of Virasate Khalsa. Well, it's a... No, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So museums, you know, I, I studied exhibition design. So I'm a designer who does question in space. And museums surely are a big part of exhibition design. So, and museums in India have to be peculiar and they have to be for India. And I've always had a problem there. You know, when I was studying, when I was practicing, I just did not find a museum in India that will hold me. I mean, it, it struck me pretty big, you know, when my daughter was growing up and I could never convince her to come with me to a museum because the museums are so boring. Yeah. So museums in India have been curator led, just like the British museums are. Mm -hmm. And they have been pretty scholarly. Mm -hmm. So they end, they start at a display and they end at a display. They don't contextualize they don't create, they don't bring the objects to life, so to speak. And I think that's the problem and that's changing now. In the last decade, I see change happening. I see all over India, museums wanting to become, you know, interactive. Museums want to become immersive. So museums are getting there, but I feel museums in India, we are a living civilization. We are a continuous civilization. I feel museums in India have to be evocative, they have to be living, they have to be program driven, and they have to tell a story. That's one part of the thing. The second part is museums in India also need to find a sense of aesthetics that is Indian. You need to unlock your iPhone. You know, and which which tells you know which which brings out the sense of in India. Has, a, has its own language. We designers, especially for museums, when we're telling stories, we need to also delve and find a design language that's Indian. Correct. We cannot pin interest in find museums of the world and try and copy some of them and put them in here. We have to find our value and our language in museums. 
So that's what I've been battling with, and I'm still learning. It's a huge learning. I still haven't got the answers. I'm I'm seeking them, and I'm trying very hard. Right. So, so this Veraste Khalsa is one such experiment. It's a large museum. This is what I call a narrative museum. This is a museum which is telling the story of a community. It's a 500-year story. It's the story of Punjab and the Khalsa. So. So Nen, should we right. do the video? So, uh, do we have a problem with the uh, with the video, or we can move? All right.
ਸਿੱਖੋ ਅੱਜ ਇਸ ਧਰਤੀ ਨੂੰ ਤੁਹਾਡੇ ਲਹੂ ਦੀ ਲੋੜ ਹੈ experience uh, i mean i've been seeing it for the first time and i my i ran through a whole gamut of emotions along with the visuals that i was seeing uh and i'm sure this this has been strategized by you as a designer for this help us understand why do you think your museum experiences have to be so emotional why why should it be having such experiences yeah so i strongly believe that museums have to be for the visitor and i think the visitor comes to museum seeking to know whatever the museum is communicating the museum can be biography the museum can be a story of a community or a collection of artifacts but the but the museum the visitor is really coming to get to learn and in today's world what is changed from the time i started my design practice to today today it's the experience that counts if you have no experience you got nothing if you don't have an experience you may as well just make nice books can you change yeah. the slides please so yeah. uh, just hang in there so museum experience counts really if you don't have the experience you got nothing so i think museums have to be visitor centric and not scholarly and they have to touch the heart so it has to become a heartful experience it has to we have to work with the emotion and the heart then we have the experience or we don't have experience and where better but in space to do that because in space you can light up you can blend so many things you know so i try and create a blended experience now virasta kalsa for example we seeing these slides this is a retrofit the all that mattered here was that the punjab government had the greatest earnestness to do a world class museum right from the chief minister down to the engineer it was a single minded thing they didn't know what they wanted they didn't know how it could be done but they wanted something genuine they called it an ajuba ajuba is a, you know magnificent cool experience so that's all they want wait like in this 65000 square feet of gallery space we have huge galleries we had galleries to 14 meter tall this gallery was 19 meters tall you know and we had nothing to show so we had a story that was passionate mm-hmm. in a 500 year story mm-hmm. so we set about saying we will make a museum of the hand because india has their skill that's our language you know so we went about making a museum of the hand where storytelling was the key and we used you know punjab craft obviously but we used really the craft and the handmade scenario of the of of india here to actually evoke the story so that no artifact is missed here it doesn't seem like it's bare of artifact because it's just full of things it's a very tactile museum mm-hmm. so we had you know miniature artists coming in 
being 14 meter tall walls, you know, they miniature artists to do A4 and A3 size paintings, you know. And it was amazing. It was so amazing to have craft and art and installation and tech merge together, come together, you know, and blend into this scenario. So it was a great learning. It was a very humbling experience to to see this whole story happen. You know, it's a metaphorical story because the first part of the museum is spiritual. It's a story of the gurus. The second part of the museum is more history. It's what happened after the gurus, the wars, the bloodshed, the sacrifices, and you know, it's got the whole works. It's got the entire, you know, emotional palette that one can dream of in a museum, you know? So we, we took it on. We worked with it, you know, we worked, our first challenge was motions of this building. He had designed this building without really talking to the exhibit designer. So we had the building, so we inherited this building. And my challenge to him was, I'm going to make sure that it will seem as if the building was made for our design and not the other way around, you know. So we worked with the volumes that we got. Each volume was an opportunity. And, and what it did at the end, it actually showed me the kind of talent and the kind of enterprise and the kind of value we have in India, in material, in skill, in design language, in composition, in art, you know. It's the most amazing scenario. I'm so glad that I'm practicing here in India and nowhere else, you know. Where else could I have done something like this, you know. So like this one, this is Zardozi, which is five meters, six meters tall, you know. All hand right. embroidered, you know, mm -hmm. there's stone in the middle. So we worked with layers of communication, we worked with layers of storytelling. There's an audio guide that you get here. You get Hindi, English, Punjabi language choice. So you come in with whatever language you want and you go through this whole experience through the language, you know. The script writing was equally important, you know. The song telling, song writing was equally important. There's some eight songs in this museum. Each song I think is pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. In this video, you heard one of the songs. Wow, yes. So, 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 and, and what was fascinating was that I had a big committee of people that we were sort of working with. Right. But whenever we presented design, they never really understood what we were talking about, you know. So, so we knew they were going to spend a lot of money. And, yeah. and really, it was... I was the fall guy in a way, me and my team, you know, and I had a big team. I have, I'm so grateful at the amount of people who came in on this project and worked with me. They really gave their souls and their blood to do to this project. So, but then we, we were really on our own. Till the museum opened, they had really no idea what we were doing. Till we actually programmed it. Keep going with the images. So till we actually programmed it, we didn't know what was happening. You know, right. they didn't know what was happening. And I even had a CEO telling me that, you know, this is too elitist. You know, he came to me <laughs> one week before the opening and he said, Amar, this is too elitist. No one's going to understand it. You know, so since, all guy. I, said, so I just want to hold you there. Just hold on, please. This is, yeah. Amar, since even uh, the authorities and the people who are funding the project felt that way, I'm going to go back to my participants to ask them the next poll question. So let's have a look at... Uh, what they are, what the poll says, and they've heard you thoroughly, I'm sure, Amar. So the question is: Is design applied in planning a museum? 
you have heard a lot from Amar. I want to know whether you have, you have any other opinion besides this. So you have three options. No, it's a serious study of archive products. Yes, it is. Design is applied to create contextual experiences. Or yes, design is applied in space, layouts, visuals, displays, etc. So let's see what our participants feel. All right, so, so a lot of, they have the answers. Uh, Amar, I want you to help them understand your point of view. What do you think? Well, I love your audience, but more than that, yes, surely design plays a big role, but it is actually the synergy of the team that makes a museum successful, you know? So the designer surely has a big role to play, he's a big stakeholder in this project, in any project. But along with that is the curatorial team, is the client, the owner of the museum. And it's and I've realized now more and more that it's not about just that. It's how the museum will be run also matters. So you have to plan the entire nine yards. We don't do that, you know. Designer comes in, we design the museum and we get out. But it doesn't end there. You know, mm. the work really starts when the museum actually opens to public. And once we start to get feedback, you know, and it's really what kind of outreach program you do, how the ushers will meet up with people. The visitor service is so important in a museum. Okay. It is a whole, it's like a programmed event that you're creating, which has to run day after day and has to be for the people. The people have to go out, transform, having understood, whatever you call it, emotionally moved. You have to do all that. And that's what a museum is. Museums are no longer just a showcase of products put in a line, Correct. you know? So- Can we say that it is a living, sustainable structure? You know, yes, with absolutely. all this, it has absolutely. to have its follow up and it has to have improvements beyond that as well. It has to be seen holistically. Correct. There are so many elements that go into a museum. And if, and it's our, as a designer, it's our job to educate the client and the owners, you know, but it has to, it is also our job probably to synthesize and synergize the entire you know, team. That's when a successful museum happens, you know, normally in the world today, there are project managers, maybe they do it, some don't, you know, so, so this is something where the designer's responsibility is actually far greater than mm -hmm. just making the space layout and design. Correct. How do you go what it is? You go beyond something in quality when you experiment, when you have when you have the courage to try out new things. Like this is this is a 14 meter, 15 meter high Sorry, 19 meter high And in the Guru Book of the Sikh, you know. So all these dots that you see are the various are quotations from the book. It's like Rinjim Barse Amritwani. So Amrit is coming yeah. down. Water is the core element in Sikhism. So it's a big metaphor. And there's a great song with it and you know, and you have so many quotes, you understand the whole value that Sikhism is all about. So, but done in a, you know, and there's an amazing striking ceiling on top, which is Dutch work that was done at the Golden Temple. So we actually got Dutch artists to do the ceiling again here. So it needed a lot of courage, you know, because it had to be done and it so had to not fall and not, you know. 
you can visit the space again and again and get a new experience yes. or a different experience every moment every time that's yes. for example that life wala gallery had 5000 backlit you know quotations and they are all had to be programmed we have mm-hmm. to have a programmer to program these 5000 lights so that you get the effect of this rain of amrit coming down you know so mm-hmm. so these are things so what is what is to me cutting edge you have to there are many things that are in the market there are many things that are happening but it's really how you blend it in a unique way yourself that matters it's really that's the value that you bring on as designer Absolutely. where you go into a scenario that you probably haven't seen before Absolutely. my clients get frightened you know right. when i present and then they ask me okay now tell us where can we see this <laughs> and then when i tell them oh, i also haven't seen it they get really frightened <laughs> they wonder they wonder what this guy with the beard going to do now you know but that's what it's all about like look at this exhibit this has some a couple of it's about i think 150 cutouts Wow. each cut out is intricate these are mughal soldiers they are about to no, behead banda bahadur yeah. and they are just layers they layers of perspective wow. and when you, when it, it took us a year to just paint this yeah there was some 15 16 artists painting this mm-hmm. but when it came together it was quite awesome absolutely and then there's lighting with it that actually makes it up a nice effect keep going excellent So that's when the sticks were driven into the forest. This is a forest of metal. It's a metal. It's a. It's a metal. It's a beaten metal forest. So okay. just keep going. So I'm just showing you the variety, you know, and each mm-hmm. variety has to also do with emotion. There's an emotional graph with it, you know. Finally, the sticks are a might of their own, and these are the, you know, the missile chiefs that came about. So these are hyper-realistic mannequins, and then culture starts, and then Ranjit Singh, the king. And and this is a reveal. So there's a projection happening. The projection screen moves, and we reveal the set at the back. So these are tricks in the of the trade. These are the tools that I have, you know, of working with three dimension, working with reveals, creating. Create, these are patterns of stories, surprising the audience at all times, you know, creating the wow factor along with it. Keep going. So every step of the way, so, they get a new yeah, experience. Yeah, so these are mannequin, for example. Yeah, this is a yeah, this is a non-violent protest, and this these three D mannequins actually go into the film. So there's a film and this together. So they sort of in perspective it merges, you know. Right. So yeah, so it's all about blending, you know. Mm-hmm. It's about blending various sort of techniques and materials and methods. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Okay, go ahead. so freedom struggle you know the whole independence movement to punjab was very different than to the rest of the country to punjab it was saving the land they were going to lose the land itself you know so these are things that we try to broad bring out so great so, so how many years did it take for you to complete this this was done in two phases so so and then in between there was times when things weren't happening so probably a commitment of 13 14 years but 5 5 years of hard work keep going wow wow so so this museum has done pretty well for itself in 7 years it has had more than a crore visitors oh so you know it's probably going to guinness or i think link up it's one of the most visited museums in the country asia 
And it's back up beyond its Anandpur Sahib. So it's been getting 4,000 visitors now, Shah, but it's been getting 4,000, 5,000 visitors a day, which is, which is very big because Anandpur Sahib had the Gurdwara, which is to get about 1,000 visitors a day. Right. For the museum open. So... Uh, we can hold on to over on the slide for a while. I just want to let you know that how much time that you get So we have people coming here 20 times. All right. Um, I, I, I'm very sure after the, this particular session, a lot more people would be keen to see uh, the, the Svirasate Museum. And and we need to look at getting all 130 crore people of India to go and see this museum. I think all of us really would like to experience what you have put up over there. But let's, let, me take, let me take the participants back to reflect on the, all the things that you've seen over here. And let me have a poll question for you on the particular experience that you've had. Um, if you try to reflect back on what you have gone through with Amar in his explanation, in his visual show, what was your most memorable experience of the particular, uh, uh, the, the museum? Uh, was the display awesome? Was the technology groundbreaking? Or did you enjoy the immersive experience? So let me hear from you how you have felt about this particular experience. Oh my God, do you think you have been successful? It says they enjoyed the immersive experience. It really is to what you have been doing. And I'm very yeah, sure I have had that experience too. And this is only the visuals. I'm sure it's a lot more different, a lot more engaging when you are at the site. So let's move on. Uh, let's have a look at some more of the uh, projects done by uh, Design Habit, led by Amaldeep Behel. And let's see what he has to say about Darshan Pune. So this, I'll just now not spend too much time. I'll just give you an idea. This was a, a biographical museum on Sadhu Vaswani. He's a Sindhi saint, passed mm -hmm. over in the 60s. And a very humble person, loves Jesus Christ, Bhakta Krishna, loves Guru Nanak. And they want to bring him to life. They wanted us to create a space where literally his life is the message. So the life sort of comes out. And this was an immersive experience that we created. This is in Pune. It's been some eight, nine years now. Keep going. So this is the this project that you see now is next to the Golden Temple. This is the interpretive center, right at the entrance to the Golden Temple. It's in the basement. It gives you, it tells you the story of the Golden Temple before you walk in. It also tells you what are the functions there. So, you know, so that, that inverted pyramid, which is the story of the Gurus, there is a 270 projection of the history of the Golden Temple. It's quite an amazing history. Then there's a model which is proactive lighting, it takes you to the day at the Golden Temple with videos on top. And then it tells you the values of the faith in the fourth gallery. So there's these four galleries that people walk into, they're, they're like shows. Right. Keep going. Next, please. 
So this is a museum on Dr. Ambedkar. It was a fast track museum. You know, a lot of times the government of India has no time to do these things. So it's a fast track museum, but it actually brings you the story of Dr. Ambedkar. So proactive, audio guides, holographs, you know, so animatronic, you name it. You know, we've tried three layers of holograph and all that to get the story out. So video walls and all that, but but basically we tried to work with Dr. Ambedkar and to bring out his character and his journey and the simple. Can we hold on to this before? I want to ask Amar a question here. You've gone, I, I see a lot of your work depicting people, people who lived and probably had varied lives. Now, you're trying to create an experience for your viewers. How do you create an experience? What do you do in that? Do you live that so experience we, before? Yes, we, we, we literally get married to the content. The content has to speak to us. We get absorbed in the content as deeply as we can. We're not the researchers. We have researchers with us, but we really, as designers, we deeply inhabit the content, so to speak. So the content leads us. The content becomes a narrative. The content becomes a storyline. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we understand the space in which we have to, you know, create this experience. So we again deeply and profoundly understand the space. So mm -hmm. these two thoughts come together and the happening of the design in the museum is just an organic process. We literally have to surrender. Mm -hmm. You know, we sort of give in to the process and, and the design happens. But so we are always led by the content. So the story we are telling is our story then. We have to feel it from our hearts. Right. Then the writer comes in, you know, whatever we need comes in, you know. So, so it's a content-led experience, but it's a storyline-based experience. Correct. So that's what we do. So do you think, are there any design, do you think some kinds of designers are better at building an experience? Some are better at maybe just a visual uh, composition? Some are better at material. Do you see them differently? You know, I think in design, we can all do a lot of these things. You know, it's really the process. Problem happens, the problem that happens with us is we shortcut the process. You know, if we stay on the process, we really stay earnest. It, design requires earnestness and sincerity. Mm -hmm. If there's no sincerity, there's no design. So, it, it, you know, so you need to really follow process. You need to do that earnestly. Design happens. You just allow, you have to allow design to happen. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a surrender. You know, the tools, now the tools are so accessible, you know, they're there on the net. Every possible tool is available. You know exactly what you can do in, in anything you want. Multimedia, special effects, technology, installation, it's all there. But the designer is the vehicle. Mm -hmm. We are the vehicle. Through us, this whole process is going to unfold. So we have to unfold the process correctly. Right. So I just feel a lot of us, a lot of designers shortcut it, you know, and that's when you get into trouble. They don't know whether this is right or that is right. Correct. In our heads, in, in, when we do a project, we don't really have options there. We hardly ever go to the client with options because we, we just sort of know this is the way forward, you know. And we just go and insist that this is the way forward because we feel it from our hearts. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to be, so you that, have to convince them. I, I, obviously, you know, but if you are convinced, then you can convince the other also. You know, if you're not convinced, then you can't convince anybody. Right. So it's about, you know, you being rooted to what you're doing and you having that clarity, then you can take it forward. I think so. Conviction and really now the sky is the limit. You can do just anything you want. Today, it's really up to imagination, but just about anything can, can be done. Correct. There's no, you know. So, very quickly, this is the last project I want so to Amar, share with tell you. tell us about the DS Group Corporate Museum in Noida. Yeah, so this is the last one. It's, it's a, it's a, I'm featuring it because it's a very interesting project. Dharampal Satyapal is, is a company that's into F&B, but they were largely people who did Baba Zarda, the chewing tobacco, and resting in the Pan Masala. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yes. so they came to us and they said they want a museum. Mm -hmm. So we understood their history and we understood their lives. And it, just, it started with the grandfather. Now the grandsons are the, and their sons are taking over slowly. So it's a very close family kind of a company. Mm -hmm. So we realized the story actually. They're Sugandhis. They work with Sugandh, you know. So we made this is we made this forest of fragrance where we we are actually making people understand all the there are eight fragrant plants in India that we mm -hmm. get Sugandh from, you know. So mm -hmm. we have these plants in embroidery and print, and we have automated sense sensory smell machines, fragrance machines. So as you walk into the plant area, the smell triggers off and you start smelling it also, you know. So very, it's quite tactile. We made this little forest. We introduced the founder. Keep going. And we took them to Chandni Chowk. They started in Chandni Chowk and in 1927. So we actually walked into Chandni Chowk because today tobacco sounds weird. But when they made chewing tobacco, that was the elite thing to have. You know, you went into you know, to concerts, to talks, to poetry things, or to musharas, mujras, you had pan in your mouth. There were spittoons, you know. Absolutely. So when they made this amazing sort of pan mix, it was the talk of the, it was the requirement of the elite. Today yeah. we look down upon it. So we have to readdress this whole story. Mm -hmm. And we brought the story forth, it brought out the struggle, you know. Mm -hmm. Keep going. And established what the DS group stands for. The whole corporate story became 360 TV song, you know. And then we got into the products. It was a very interesting turnaround with the group. And it was, we worked with them very, very closely. It was, it was very fun to actually create a story out of, of, out of this, out of this corporate, you know. And we had, you know, we had a Bollywood scriptwriter writing the story for us. So it became even more exciting. So we did a whole lot of, you know, special effects in it. We, there was a fire to the shop. We made the shop catch fire and so on and so forth. So it became a very exciting experience. Okay. So all I'm saying is that even corporate museums, they may sound like an unseemly boring story. Actually, if you probe deep, there's a great story in there too. Absolutely. So attitude. Right. Yes. So, yes. do you believe yes. what I understand? It's really the amount of and bring in the project. No, you enjoy the joy, 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 the final, final sort of thing also. Right. 
So, Amar, I've been hearing you say a lot and, um, you know, you talk about experiences, you talk about stories, you talk about emotions, the, the spirituality in many instances. All of this collated together forms, um, forms, the, forms your basis for designing the museum. I want to understand whether you have you have any thoughts on what should the future museum be like? What is your thought on it? How should future museum look like or feel like? Okay, so okay, we include, we, we bring the same question to our viewers and let's see what they have to say before Amar also puts in his views. All right, so our, our viewers say that the experience of engagement and interaction of people is the uppermost of their choices for a future museum. And of course, anything to do with technology or best information or displays are okay, they are needed, but they can, they can really take a sidetrack for the time being. So you tell us what your what do you think about the future museum, future of museums? You know, for entertainment, us guys, you know, we have Netflix now. Yeah. And we have malls. Once you open, if they ever open, and we have cinema malls. I don't know whether they ever open again, but if they do, that's all we have. You know. Mm -hmm. The museums have a responsibility. The museums are going to become storytelling, community magnets. Mm -hmm. That's where the museums are the scene of the future. They have started now. I really think museums are the way forward because museums encapsulate. Museums are history too. Museums have artifacts also. And museums have aspirations of people, of journey. Imagine if museums can bring to life those pieces of stone. Mm -hmm. Imagine if museums were not curator driven and did not have all the stones in one line and all the coins in the other line and the mm -hmm. pictures. In the, but imagine museums blend them together and actually create the periods for you. You know, if, imagine if collection based museums had key galleries where Gupta period came alive because Gupta period had the stone and the numismatic and the textile and the poetry and the architecture, it all came together. Imagine if you could evoke the Gupta period. After that, we could show them 100 more stones and 100 more numismatics, that's okay. But imagine if museums became that, then museums would be the place to go and learn. School children will go and learn there because they'll be an outreach. They live there. They live there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's an ownership of that story. That's where the museums have to go. Right. And the Thank time you. is right. You know, and so, while, it's so while we have, while some of your, uh, your, you might like to express some of your views in the questions that have been asked by the viewers, 
and there's a long list of them. I'm going to start with the first one and let me put forward what the viewers are asking. Okay. Um, so there, there's Rashmi who's asking, what is a shoebox holographic projection? Well, it's a little trick. You make a holograph, you make a 3D projection in, in a small box, the size mm -hmm. of a shoebox. So you can put a model there and you can actually have rain happening to the model and the model catching fire. That happens. So you basically may take projection and a model or whatever you want within a small, it's a scaled down hologram. Okay. So I hope Rashmi, you have better clarity now. And okay, we go to another question uh, that's by Siddharth. And he also opines that the perception of the museum overall is boring for a lot of people. Is this why a lot of museums are now being called experience centers? Does it take away from the sanctity of the term? Well, that's a question you also have to answer, I guess, with me. Surely museums are boring because they're just repositories for a scholar. Yeah. Normally, collection-based museums are good enough for, you know, art historians, but they don't really appeal in the heart of the visitor. So, therefore, I think it's a balance, you know, the museum must stand firm and bring out what it, it stands for, but we also do it with an experience, you know, so reach out to the hearts of the people. I think that's the balance we're talking about here. Right. So you probably, Siddharth, you must have, Siddharth, sorry, you must have heard uh, Amar also talk about it in the, during the slideshow. Probably you've gathered a lot of that for yourself. I hope you will be able to look at experience centers a little differently now. And at the same time, think about what the museums should be as well. Um, since museums often change their exhibits, how does one keep the interiors and foundations of the museum that can complement a variety of work? Do you think it's possible to have the same structured and uh, space area to display different kinds of work? Surely. Surely. I think a museum can be a physical entity. Mm. The museum should also have a virtual arm. And the museum, depending on the size of space and how you manage it, the museum can have various topics and various subjects, you know, so that's not a problem. It's really how deep you go with the subject that matters, you know, it's how you evoke the subject that matters. But surely this can happen. You can have many topics in the museum and you can have a physical with a virtual arm also. Right. Uh, so let's look at lighting is a key in a museum. So what is your opinion of the use of natural light in museums? Well, you know, immersive experiences normally need a black box. Mm -hmm. Natural light moves and it's different in the sun, it's different in the wind, and the cloud. So it's always tough to, you know, but work for experience-based, really for a deep sort of immersive experience. If you want to do an immersive projection experience and lighting-based experience, you need a dark, you need a black box. Right. 
So both have both kinds of lighting have their uses as well. Okay, there's a question yes, now. Yes, it's about... how you balance them. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, here's a question about the experience children have. And I think in the past, we've always, when you are in the school, you're probably, your school teachers take you to the museum as for the visit. And that's the time students really are excited. But later on, we do know that for the students to go through rows and rows of coins or stones or artifacts probably does not elicit beyond just some, some recollection of those artifacts. So the question is, what are the different innovative methods for engaging children and the youth with the museums and history? Perhaps you can give us one tip, one way. You know, I, I, I really think any museum we make today should be really made, be made for people who are in their teens till about 25, 30 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. If we can actually entice them Mm -hmm. and give them something which touches their heart, I think we are hugely successful, you know. So, and today, the rules of the museum are expanding every day. There are sensor-based interactives, you know. Uh, there are things that you can make the child or, you know, younger people do in the museum. So you can also make a doing-based museum as much as a show-based museum. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, and if you have evo evocative, immersive experiences, people watch, you know, kids are also quite generally moved by it. It's, it's larger than life, you know. So I think as long as you're sensory, mm -hmm. as long as you're tactile, as long as you, you understand the emotional graph of your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today, because some of these museums are programmed, you can make a separate program for six to eight class or eight to ten class. You know, you can even make separate little notes. If the if the children are an important part of the museum, you can surely, you know, evoke different notes for the audience also. That's possible in a museum too. So the possibilities are immense now. You can Absolutely. go any which way you want, you know. Yeah, does that answer the question no but i that here's here i have a personal question do you mean through all this is is the museum uh very strict on pertaining to the facts and uh, the reality of the history do they look into that yes absolutely the museum has to be very very diligent when it comes to the content it's projecting. It has to be absolutely right, you know. For Khalsa, we spent a couple of years working on the content to get a history right. You know? okay. So it has to be very diligent. You know, the museum owes that to, the, to its audience. But the museum, in the way it presents itself, it mm -hmm. can have scenarios, it can, it can present content through games. You know, children could come and interact with games. So it can, it can do a variety of things. It can do, use a variety of tools to reach out to its audience. Okay. So it, the museum needs to profile its audience, needs to know what kind of people are going to come to the museum. And it can really figure itself out that way. Thank you. Understood. Uh, Niharika has a question for you. A lot of museums exist as archives of visuals and uh, facts. What can we do as architects and designers to evolve the experience? 
uh, of these existing museums. Now, can we better them? Because yeah. we can't change everything, but can we be make it a little better in terms of experience? I'm sorry, Len. I or shall I repeat it I, again? I missed the first part of. Okay, so yes, well, Niharika is making a statement that the museums uh, exist as archives of visuals and facts. But what can we do as designers to evolve the experience of these existing museums? Yes, so the archives all have a story to tell. You know, they are archives from a certain time period. And these were made certain way. There was a culture at that time. And this culture, if it's Indian, it's continuous. We are still somewhere living and connected to that culture because we are a continuous civilization. So it's very good that the museum has archives. Our job is to bring the archives to life, so to speak. Correct. You know, can the archives actually, can we relate to the archives? Absolutely. Can the archives contextual, be contextualized? So it evokes the period in which the archive was Right. So the work of the museum doesn't stop at just no, collecting. No, you do all that. You have, you have to present it. Okay. Uh, uh, this is a question which okay. I probably all of us know. <laughs> Sorry, Amar, I'm, I'm going at breakneck speed because I really want you to be able to answer many of them. Um, if you want a break, please say so. No, no. Shall I go on? Yes, please do. Okay. What are the different types of museums? What distinguishes them from each other? So are there types? I'm not aware of them, but would you yes, say there, there are, are you're right, there are, you know, there are very artifact collection based museums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Museum of Stamps, mm -hmm. Museum like the National Museum is a collection based museum. So there are artifact collection based museums of, of, a, of a variety, of a large variety. There can be an automobile museum, there can be a culture museum, there can be all kinds of collection based museums. I really feel collection based museums need to get their act together and contextualize their collections. That's where I feel the sense of experience comes into that museum. Then there are art museums, museums that showcase art, paintings, sculpture, installations. Sure, those are those museums. So those, can those become profound exhibits? Can audience really, you know, can the museum designer make that museum such that the audience actually responds to the art that it's seeing? There are those museums. Then there are biographical museums. Mm -hmm. You know, like the couple of them I showed you also, which are mm -hmm. touching, touching on biography. Then there are content, you know, message. So there are, you know, museum on, so there are a whole lot of on the independence. So there are, so there are a variety of museums, surely, you know. Right. And, and, and all these museums, I really feel, need to contextualize what they are saying and become audience focused. Okay. So that the audience receives the content. They are all content, finally. You know, museum has to be do with content, no matter what it is. But it is content. Even a piece of art is content. Correct. Okay. Um, I'd like to... Okay, this is, this is somebody who lives in Gurgaon. And uh, the person says, I live in Gurgaon, which has a culture that is slowly emerging. However, it does not have a history 
that a place like Delhi or Kolkata have. Uh, museums are centered to a city. So what kind of museums do you think would work well in Gurgaon or in similar cities? Well, all states, I feel, first of all, needs to have a museum over themselves. Mm -hmm. I think the world does that, you know, there are city museums. Yes. So there's a museum of Berlin in Berlin, you know. So it, it's, it's very nice. So I think first thing should be Gurgaon should have a museum over Gurgaon and about Haryana maybe, you know, evoke it, evoke it, evoke it to the heart, let, let the person in Gurgaon feel proud about the culture of Gurgaon. So probably that, you know, probably a museum on the Aravalis. Aravalis are fast getting degraded and Aravalis are what Gurgaon is, maybe Aravalis. And so many more things, you know, museum of the Gujars and the Jats, you know. So there's, there's a heck of a lot of stuff that Gurgaon can do for Gurgaon's sake, mm -hmm. you know. Gurgaon is like the, you know, future city. It's like the metropolis, you know, so maybe a museum of that. So there can be many things. So there's an endless amount of content that you can share with the audience. I think we should have another round for that discussion because that's a long way and a lot of things to discuss. Yeah. But here I have our faculty member, Chandrasekhar Beda. Welcome, Chandu. Nice to oh. see you. Uh, he wants to know what, what is the impact of Corona on uh, Corona on museum. It what will be the impact? Uh, and Lena too had asked. So well, this question is from Chandrasekhar Beda and Lena. Both have a little concern about what happens to museums now that the coronavirus has taken over our lives. Is Amar frozen? Okay. Oh, there. Okay. Did you hear the question? Okay. Again, internet. Some of the question. Do you want me to repeat that? Will you please? Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. about this. So, okay. So, uh, Chandrasekhar Veda and Lena have a little concern about what happens, uh, what is the impact of Corona on museums? That means probably the lockdown or the situation of the COVID-19 and the safety measures to be taken. So, what do you think uh, would happen to museum visits and experiences? Yeah, that's a, that's a very important question and it's a difficult one. And Chanduji, you're a master. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, name. So, but the thing is, I've been thinking about this the last two and a half, three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a, surely we can, in the museum we design, we can keep in mind this, in this idea of social distancing, this idea of cleaning and keeping it all there. Those can be incorporated, I think, in the museums, you know. But the thing is that museums are physical entities. At least the museums we know so far are physical entities. So we do expect people to come, yeah. But we can, instead of doing group-oriented museum, you know, flow, we can do a segregated, you know, a 
uh, easy flow. So people are going in in ones and twos, and you know we can that can that I feel can happen in a museum. Yeah. So we can make the spaces different. We can ventilate the spaces much more. We can do those kind of things. So that we can. On the other hand, I also feel that the idea of a virtual museum is also pretty important. There. You know, just like we managed to, you know, work sufficiently from home, we don't have to go to our design studios anymore. So maybe museums can also, right at the inception, kind of virtual arm, yeah? So that a museum can also have that arm, which is equally proactive, which, which, is, which is equally, you know, program driven and, and, and living, you know? So maybe the museums need to have that arm too. So the museum need to be two, twofold now instead of just being a physical entity. So let the physical entity of the museum be like a magnet and usher in this other part of the museum too. And there is a lot of advantage there. For example, the National Museum and all our collection-based museums, the government museums. We have, you know, the collection displays. We have collections all over. Yeah. Gupta Peter will be some in the Amravati Museum. There'll be some in some other museum, some in the National Museum. What the digital thing will do will also probably bring the collections together. So then if I have to establish the Gupta period, I have much more access of many more things that I can do. So maybe the answer is somewhere, you know, in marrying these two thoughts together, having the built entity, but also having the virtual entity and sort of, you know, but we need to plan the virtual entity and the built entity right from inception. Right. What we do is we paste these things up, you know, we, they are paste ups which we keep adding and they don't work, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so probably we need to really usher it in holistically and properly. It pro probably that's the answer. Correct. I think it's also up to many of us to think further because, well, designers can always be thinking on various pathways and figure out what would they think would be the best answer. Uh, we have Deepika and Sneha. Can we become a museum designer without having experience, relevant experience in this field? But if we have the ability to create a space in, which is interactive and make people feel that era of the theme that we want to show, do, do they need to pursue some formal education to do that? Do you have to go to a design school to become a designer? Right. Is there a school which- you have to go to an art school to become an artist? No. So, so yes and no both, you know, basically you need to be able to have that time and that energy to engage with whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Do you have to go to film school to become an actor? Mm -hmm. you know? The answer is the same for all of them. If your engagement is deep enough, yeah, then you learn it. Surely you can learn it. But you need to be engaged. It's not. It's, there's no shortcut. Yeah. But surely, I, I think you can. You know, it depends how serious you are and how deeply engaged you are with it. Yeah. Can you give it all your sincerity and earnestness? And can you really question this whole idea of a museum? Can you see it objectively? Can you understand it deeply? Then you. I'm sure you can design it too. So it's it's really in your hands. And also to add on to what Amar is saying, it is important to definitely go through a formal education system if you want to start getting into the practice early on. 
course, you can be an apprentice and keep on learning for many years. But the point is, if you do undergo a formal education, it helps you to, to overcome uh, some of these areas of building skills and exposure in a more structured manner. But beyond that, your design education should be able to help you think to solve problems, to explore new areas, and to be able to provide you know, innovative, visual, or, or new solutions to whatever is the demand of the client. Don't you think so, Amar? Yes. Okay, yes. I have a very pertinent question from somebody who's observed the behavior of the museum goers. And they say, that we have observed a lot of tourists just seem to be interested in getting their photos clicked with the displays. True, absolutely true. How can we plan around the design so that people are encouraged to stop and reflect? So ban selfie taking, find them. <laughs> Don't give them water. <laughs> no, I... Have a no, camera I really think, possible. I, I really think it's a challenge of us designers, you know. If we create engaging experiences, then why won't people get engaged there? You Correct. Know? If create, you know, if we create silly experiences, then people, that's what people will do. I don't think, I, I think taking selfies is a good thing. Yeah, we had first my, you know, the Viraste Khalsa, the people who run in the museum, they banned selfies. Hmm. Yeah, and they said, no phone, that I would, you know. And so when and they seem think it's a moment they would like to send one, but it's okay. So people we allowed photos, yeah. And people took little videos and they start putting up videos, they start putting up the selfies. It's okay. But there's a balance. So we had our ushers and we told them that you have to get people to balance it. They can't just only do that, you know. As long as they don't come and stand in the middle of some serious visitor, so it's they right. right. It's about it's about creating a balance. So and then it's really also about the content. You know? So it's so you are a very generous designer. You do feel that people should be allowed to also experience, you know, bring in their behavior into the place so that. They feel a part of engaging, the... you know. So, and we can actually the cameras and not otherwise, you know. Maybe that's another way of doing it. Okay. Okay. I have a question from Prachi, a very long one, but I'm going to try to explain it to you. So, she's asking, what are the important future pointers which you plan in a museum to mediate between the aristocratic history and the alien youngsters? Uh, I actually would like to even understand what is aristocratic history and the alien youngsters. Okay, uh, if you have understood that, I have another part of the question. Why would you, how would you bring the interpretation in life to life so that the visitor understands the real meaning of the work? So a little longish one. Um, so it's, I think, trying to ask how would you, how would you display or design the experience or the display 
for vast, vastly different people, even in terms of maybe age or, or demographic or psychographics? Would you consider that? Yes, surely. I think a museum has to be universal. It has to, mm -hmm. it has to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. But there would be some interest group where which is which it's talking about in particular. So that would be the main interest group, but it has to work for everybody. Yeah. And and really, if I'm truthful to my content, you know, if I've engaged in my content deeply enough, then if it's aristocratic, it's aristocratic. But if it is aristocratic, as in the sense of aristocracy, it will go away. Because I would engage and I would display and I will put forth my content in its truest sense. Yeah. In its all in, in all of its genuity, mm -hmm. so then the restriction aspect is gone, and to me, I will never consider any visitor to my museum an alien. Yeah, I will make it for everybody. Sure. So, so I really think then both these things are gone. Yeah, because you have engaged with the content, and you are genuinely presenting the content to the people. Yeah in such ways that people can engage with it and they can sense it from the heart then it's okay i think we take care of it then answering a question i'm not sure mm -hmm. is that then have i understood the I question i think uh, amar you have really tried to explain it to the best that we we understand it to be i have one question now for you which is very important for all of us who have been attending this session and it's the persons asking are very interested participants asking when we have conquered COVID-19 when we have we are no more in lockdown uh, could you name five must visit museums in India which ones would you recommend Virasate Khalsa of course I certainly believe okay. Well, there is this tribal museum. There's a tribal museum in Indore. Yeah, it's the most amazing and profound museum ever. I was so taken in with it. I just couldn't get my eyes off that museum. When I Where in. is it? It's, Where is it? It's been built by tribes. It's in. It's in. It's in Bhopal. Okay. Yeah, in MP, and it's made by the tribals, and it's just awesome. Yeah, the mm -hmm. scale, the work. Awesome. If you want to visit a museum, go there. Lovely. Yeah. And Virastik also, obviously, I've done it. I was told I've done it, so I wanted to go there. But these are the two museums I can think of. And what else? I'm sorry, nothing else really comes to mind. What we can do is, Amar, we can come back to you and we will send this information. You can give us the names later, the other three later, and we'll send this, the list of five museums must see to all the participants who have come onto the show today. Yeah, um, we'll do that. It has been a very, very deep insight into what museum design is. In fact, we were a little concerned about the topic because we felt it was going to be very you know, you probably needed to understand design to a certain extent before you went into this. But also the fact that museums have been a part of our lives while we were growing up, when we studied, and because of our interest in knowing about people, our history, about artifacts. 
And since we had a friend like you around, who, uh, what else did we do? We did decide to call you and to help you and uh, help us understand museum design much better. These are living stories. These are experiences. These are about getting people interested and living the experience of what probably happened earlier, what happened in history. Thank you very much, Amar. Um, Thank you for calling me. I enjoyed this. And we loved your presentations. Visually, absolutely stimulating, but also, I think, awestruck emotionally, completely. Uh, thank you participants for coming in once again. Uh, I'd like to remind you, I think many of your questions were brilliant. They, they, you literally want, you know, got Amar to get you a lot of technical uh, information, which probably would have to be looked up uh, in many cases from the net or from our Wikipedias. But we do want you to keep on coming back to us for our webinars, which we will be organizing on Thursday. And do let us know um, any other topics that you'd like to be working on, you'd like to hear from us. Meanwhile, let me inform you, JS Institute of Design is starting with the interviews for its August semester. And we would uh, do, do, uh, do call us up, do inquire from us if you are interested to know what we are doing and we would also be launching our short-term programs very soon. So thank you once again, have a great evening, see you. And any more questions on museums, please do write to us. I will get back in touch with Amar and trouble him a bit more to give us some more information. So thank you once again and bye-bye. Thank, thank you. you, Amar. Bye-bye.